News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. I'm Alan Gilbreth with DarkOakMedia.com. And I'm Maximilian, and it's going to be one of those days. Happy World Bicycle Day. Nice. Okay. Well, that's because you're working off National Donut Day, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. After awesome. you pound down 12 donuts, oh, yeah. you better get on the bike and burn it <laughs> off. So, All right. That's a good one, Max. And I have to imagine there's lots of uh, people enthusiasts out there celebrating today oh, there there were driving through the park today there were a lot out oh yeah yeah all right that's a good one max uh you can call or text us at the big m roofing and remodeling hotline at 901-683-0989 actually you know it would be good with that they, they if they have a really you know you know there's some of these really unusual bicycles like somebody, or if they're listening to us on their bicycle yeah if you're listening while you're riding your bike or something well, like that be careful that, Send us a send us a text. Show us what you got. No, you, you know what I mean, Alan. I've seen these bikes. They almost look like a like a car where they you know they don't look at me that way. <laughs> You're sitting down. It's, it's oh, a yeah, two passenger deal. There are all a, kinds of uh, interesting, we'll say, uh, human motorized transport out there these days. How about this? So now, uh, Max, I don't want to beat this into the ground, but where do unicyclists fall into this? I mean, are they just? Left in the cold today, or I guess so. Okay. Well, we we'll unicyclists you. are weird. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of effort just to get nowhere, really. If you want to know the truth, I, but, you know, I, I'm I not. Say, a where, where's a unicycle? It's usually sitting under like, a tree. That sounds yeah. like the lyrics to one of your songs. Yeah, no a lot kidding. of effort to get nowhere. Really. So, um, hey. Uh, also, we want to invite you once Max gets the camera activated to go to the Royal Retreat Studio Cam on the News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page because. Uh, I, I hope you'll have it on at the next break, Max. I think there's a signal connection. But regardless, we uh, we love the Royal Retreat Studio Absolutely. Cam. We love the folks over there at Ro- Royal Retreat. And then, of course, Alan, they need to get over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page right after that because uh, we've already made three posts. So, naturally, we made um, our must-have item of the week, which is up there. And it's funny, Alan, this is going to usher in a three-pronged discussion. Oh, oh you're so, going with a dad joke theme. All right. It's true, though. You and I were, well, look at this, this, this uh, item. You, you can bring what, like, up an entire of, what can we say, a concaphony of interest in this. This is definitely an inexpensive item, yet critical. Oh How often is that? You know, we, we talk about that mm. anyway. So, um, Alan, later in the show, or well, I should say later today, we're going to scoot on over to the Italian festival over at uh, Marquette Park. We are. Over at uh, Park in Mendenhall, because it's the, uh, I don't know what annual one but it's been around for a while the uh, the uh, italian fest and knock on wood so far the weather has held out all weekend you were there last night it was, uh, it was very pleasant okay we're set up right next to the uh right up next to the booze tent right alan I mean, uh, yes yes we are we're, we're we're right over by the beer garden the uh wine shop and the do you want to win a car yeah right next to the yeah so if you want to uh try to win that car stop over yep. and alan's got the swag he's he, he uh, brought some stuff for he you. He brought the swag. So. How fitting that you guys are close to the booze. Yeah. Well, it's like baiting over a... You know, yeah, hunting over it's a like chum field. in the waters. Yep, yep. No, it's uh, also the state you have to be in to listen to the show. Hey, oh, hey, 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 hey. So you'll be promoting that. I'll be promoting the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention as long as we're putting out shameless plugs. And, Absolutely. Uh, I want to mention that uh, our guest, our celebrity guest of honor, uh, listeners here won't know this, we have uh, booked Mo Collins, who... 
among other things, was on Mad TV, but also, Alan, she was uh, she was Joan Calamezzo on Parks and Recreation. She's a really funny lady, and she's going to be at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention November. Uh, she'll be there November 10th and 11th, but the yep. convention goes on November uh, you know, 10th through 12th. So, Alan, you and I will be there promoting quite a few things and yes, giving out will. free stuff. So make sure yeah. you stop by and uh, see us. So, Alan, on Historically Terrible, I've already posted this image, and... It's funny. I, I've already I started giggling. I don't purposely, you know, pick on the <laughs> 1970s, or maybe I do. But uh, today, there's I'm, a lot there to pick on. It's Joe. it's it. There's there's plenty to to go for. So yeah. today, we're going to discuss uh, waterbeds. Need I say oh, yeah. more? We, we're we're going to get some calls on this one. I feel like waterbeds are one of those things too, though, Alan. You either know it or you don't. Like there's some people that just they wouldn't get near a waterbed, and then there's others that go, "Oh my gosh, I remember the waterbeds." Oh so, yeah, yeah. And the fact that you had a cat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got quite a bit to get to today, Alan, and there's more here that I'm not going to tease because what's the point? So, oh, wait, no, I did. I have one more thing. One more thing. In honor of the uh in honor of the Italian festival, for our great moments in building history today, how fitting. We're going to celebrate the city of Venice, Italy. I mean, you talk about it's okay, so on one hand, it is a architectural marvel, really. It is, but it's funny, Alan. I'm not. Always, I'm not ashamed to admit. I learned quite a bit when I research these. Um, when I research these uh, great moments in building history, because it's it's one thing to go, okay, well, this is some. They did this. They built a city on canals and islands and stuff. But then I never really asked myself why they did it, and I learned why they did mm -hmm. it, and it's pretty fascinating and why they did it. And what they're doing today to save this. So this might be a pretty in-depth discussion as well. So there's a lot there to to discuss and uncover. Yeah. So but uh so there's quite a bit. And um, you know, and as we say, we want you to give us your feedback and call in at the uh Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline, 901-683-0989. Okay, uh in that vein, Alan, I, I want to throw something out to the panel and especially our listeners the truth because uh is out there. Fluoride is used by the communists to control our minds. No, it's not. Fact. Space does not exist. Fact. Bears eat beets. Oh, bears. Beets. Battlestar Galactica. Bears do not... What is going on? What are you doing? Okay. I forgot about that one, Max. So Max Max is pulling out a deep cut there. So, all right, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to set it up, and then uh, when we come back, maybe we can uh, roundtable this a little. Okay, Alan, I've lived here in Memphis, I don't know, 28, 29 years, right? Okay. This is literally something I've never experienced ever in my whole history of living here. I was leaving the Home Depot over by uh, Truce Parkway there. Right. So I'm at the corner of Mendenhall and Poplar. And, folks, if you live in the area, I think you know what I'm talking about. And I had to head to... Uh, near Overton Park. And if I, if my math is correct, I think there are 14 stoplights between there. And I've made this trip thousands of times. Okay. It takes me approximately 15 minutes to get there. Well, I hit every single green light moving there. I mean, I didn't hit one green light. I mean, one red light. I didn't stop for anything, man. I went straight from <laughs> Mendenhall all the way to Overton Park, and it took me about six and a half minutes. So here's my question, Alan. Normally, it takes me about 15 minutes. Right. So what if somebody left five minutes ahead of me, and yet I would arrive before them? Oh, That's, oh wow. Do, now, I don't want your answer because mm, you no, probably no, have yeah, a scientific... Yeah. Uh, but to me, I see that almost as a time paradox. I'm behind them, and oh, we're going the exact same paradox. road. Oh, yeah. 
And I think there's something there, Alan. And I think there's all, I think there's other things, uh, even in the HVAC world, that connected it. There are all sorts of paradoxes, and uh, we're going to unpack that when we get back. So um, just just put a pin in it. Now, I know you're bursting at the seams to tackle that one. You know, we'll get there. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio. Here News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. This is glue. Strong stuff. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. I mean, why buy anything else, Alan? If it's not strong, what's the point? <laughs> and welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And uh, we, uh, Max, was he, he did his duty. He got the cameras going again, Alan. So if you want to watch the show, you can go head over to the uh, News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and watch us on the Royal Retreat Studio Cam. So, Absolutely. Um, uh, Max is cameras conveniently off again hey alan what if i secretly just kind of steered my camera over towards him or something i wonder if that i would notice it would give away the yeah he, he I, i'm trying to figure out how you're going to do anything secretly yeah good point <laughs> i mean i'm sitting right here in the open so but if you want to do that get over there and then of course afterwards get over to the tool talk radio facebook page and check out the three posts we made uh which are all going to be very interesting and they're all sort of uh <laughs> they either involve water or you know, other things. So, um, uh, check that out. So, uh, Alan, before the break, I, I posited something because mm -hmm. I had an experience that I've never had in 20, 20, 28 or 29 years of living in Memphis. Right. I, I was telling people that I, I was driving from, uh, Mendenhall and Poplar going down Poplar heading uh, West. And I had to go to Overton park, which was about 14 stoplights down, mm -hmm. which is normally a, f about a 15 minute drive. I hit every single green light. I didn't have to slow down. Mm -hmm. I just was plowing through, and I made it there in about six minutes, six right. or seven minutes. Right. And so I, I put it out there, Alan. I, I believe this is a time paradox that, that I'm dealing mm -hmm. with because somebody he, there, there there's a car that could have left five minutes ahead of me, uh, yes. maybe, and they would have hit the normal amount of red lights. They, they would have hit some green lights, but I would have arrived before them. That's it correct. It sounds impossible. No, nope, I would love our listener, and I don't know that I want your answer. I kind of want our <laughs> listener's answer. If you've got a, if you've got a thought about how that is possible, or if it's a true paradox, but uh, what do you think? I don't know that I want your answer, but what do you think of that? So. I, I'm I'm going to leave it as that is not the only strip in Memphis where that can happen. Okay, no, oh, there I are believe a that number. There sure. are actually a number of traffic light setups in this city. Where that is entirely possible. Oh, yeah. What I wanted to pose is if someone's really versed in the city planning of Memphis, so to say, mm -hmm. if they know exact, if they know the synchronicity of where, how the lights time out when they go, uh, when they turn green and when they turn whatever, if they could, in theory, master the ability to always hit the green. I would think so. If you what I mean, because I know there's people that do that, right? That's nope. their job is to synchronize the. Uh, I'm smiling because it can be done, especially downtown. Um. Oh yeah, Front Street and all those. Or mm, yeah, there there is there is one strip where if you know the timing of the lights, you can hit every single one perfectly green. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, this can easily happen, and not just in Memphis. I I run into this in um. 
Nashville, and I run into this in New Orleans quite a bit. Yeah. So, okay, well, that's out there, I, and maybe we'll we'll come back for that. Uh, but I, I was kind of curious if somebody had an answer for that, like if there is a if there is an answer because uh, oh, there's it sounds an answer. very scientific. I want I want to so. hear everybody's of of favorite spot in town where that happens for them. Okay, all right. Um, so, Alan, that's out there. I wanted to. I have a follow up report, man. We're, we're there's a lot here. I mean, it's oh, a busy news. It's a, it's a busy news day in the home. It's a busy Joe day. So, okay. Uh, so, I want to just let you know we have a pallet update. All right. And I, I'm starting to see a, a, a real trend here. So, okay, Alan. If uh, so, folks, if you are new to Tool Talk Radio or if you missed last week's show, I mentioned that uh, I get pallets pretty regularly right. that, with with the work that I do. And uh, I live on a pretty busy corner, so when I want to get rid of my pallets, I literally put it at the street, and they're probably gone within 30 minutes. At, at worst, they're gone by the next day. That's called a public donation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no problem getting rid of things. Well, if you remember, I was trying to get rid of two pallets last week. Right. And they, these were unusually nice pallets. These okay. were really good. They were they were in beautiful shape. One had on the top the three three and a half inch strips. The other had the two inch strips, right. and I and I I told you the whole ordeal how the three and a half inch strip one was gone in no time. That one, and then the two and a half hung out for two or three days, and nobody took it. Okay. Well, so two days ago, Alan, I had another pallet, and this thing was the exact opposite. It was like by the time I unloaded my my stuff. I picked up the pallet and it literally just broke in half. There wow. was chip, there was wood that was kind of splintered. It was some wood I had to just rip out and throw out. It was used. It was it was not gently used either. Right. Well, I put that at the street and lo and behold, that that one got picked up. I put both parts of it at the street. <laughs> So what is going on, Alan? I mean, I'm seeing a real bias against right, the two-inch wood. <laughs> All right, the broke-up one was just because somebody was barbecuing this weekend. <laughs> All right, work's already done. Throw in the truck. Here we go. Yeah. They were heading to the Italian festival. And they needed I tell you what, need, a, need so. a little smoking wood. Is that what you think it is? I, I think there's more to this. I think it's Well, you know, I have discovered of, and I am a huge proponent of fun with pallets. Oh, we know. Yeah, you're a pallet and man. I, I love making stuff out of pallets. Okay. And of, yes, different pallets have a different attraction. Mm -hmm. And also different pallets that are made for different industries have different attractions. So if you're looking oh, at... Oh, because you told us the medical ones are man, really nice. So. Ooh, you get into medical and exercise equipment pallets, you are talking some high-quality, almost ready-to-go pallets. Right. Very little additional work is needed to turn this into something. And then you have your general, what I call your grunt pallet. And that is like your two-inch board, rough cut, usually some kind of chewed-up oak or maybe it's a pine and right those generally are pretty much good for well being a pallet those are the ones where they're they're loading on 500 pounds of gravel in bags or yeah, something like yeah, that yeah that's yeah. the one hauling shingles yeah, right, that, right that's it uh those are they those are attractive if you're looking for chopped up stuff yeah so you know it, it just but i find that there's a different rack of these of the really kind of spacey ones of gardeners like because stuff grows up on them fast. It's like an instant trellis. Oh, really? Yeah. You so just it's gotta, like, yeah. Huh. Well, because it can breathe from underneath. Right. You like, got plenty of air flow through it and all that kind of stuff. So real easy to do. Okay. Of uh, Another one I found was of uh, 
I, the latest one I saw was the doggy obstacle course, <laughs> where just the, the 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 family member had put post in the ground and just literally slid a pallet over the top of it to make kind of a little doggy run around right. interest course. And I that, thought that was terribly interesting, it, and that was just mostly raggedy pallets, not not anything great. And that kept them out. So okay. Um, well, anyway, I think there's something to this, and uh, the next time I get pallets, uh, I'll, I'll be happy to report in because I know this is going to be an ongoing drama. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure. So now we're gonna have people stalking your house now for pallets. But I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> the three and a half, they uh, even if they're mangled and broken in half, those things are gone. So that that uh, well, was the desirable flat, one. It's an instant table. This is not a tape. Alan, this thing was a train wreck. This is, you know, <laughs> there were nails sticking out of it. Uh, well, it was falling like apart. Like I said, that was smoking wood. That yeah, was, that's that was, the only good thing yeah. about pallets, I guess, is because they're usually not um, treated wood. So yeah. you don't have to worry about burning them if you want, no, I guess. They're, so. they're, they're pretty much raw. Um, hey, Alan, I'm sitting here looking at my notes and actually, uh, so I, I just want to circle back. So this this time paradox oh. question, just let's go ahead and let's you and I tackle this so we can move along because I don't know okay. if anybody's... Uh, but I'm surprised that didn't activate Agent Seven Three Two. But uh, you know, it active something else activated him. But I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell you what. Okay. All right. So Alan, <laughs> I I do want to know because I do I think there's other paradoxes like this. You know, this uh, where the almost the less is more type thing. Mm -hmm. I think this even holds true in like your air conditioning settings and things like that. Right. But but tell us what do you think the answer is here? How did I how did I arrive? How did I make a 15-minute journey in six minutes? And if somebody left ahead of me, how would I have gotten there first? All right. I've been driving in Memphis forever. Okay. And I have learned that chilled and groovy and get in the lane that you want early. Yeah. You will almost always beat everybody else headed to the same same destination. Okay. Why is that? And it is because it is really just a trick of timing. Because you know in Memphis, there's always going to be that one driver that's going to stick right next to you, and you're not going to be able to get over. Mm -hmm. So then you got to rev it up or slow it down. Right. However, in a lot of instances where you've got long, straight stretches and yeah. periodic lights, speeding up and slowing down just right can tag you right on the green. And you'll just sail right on through. So is it timed for people that are just more or less driving like you? Well, it just it seems it, like it. Well, you know, it's designed to move the most amount of traffic. So if you're flowing easily, mm -hmm. then you're going to flow through the traffic easily. If you're fighting the traffic, it's kind of like swimming across the river. If you're working with the river, you're doing great. If you're trying to swim upstream and you're fighting and trying to get through traffic and trying to push your way through as fast as you can, you are going to get stuck forever. It is like it is almost like red lights know you're in a hurry. Okay, now there's probably a mathematical answer to this. So this journey is probably uh, if I had to ballpark it about a 7-mile journey, something like let's just call well I don't know what it is. I'd have to look at a map. Let's call it a 6 or 7-mile journey. Yeah, actually it's about 5 at, miles, yeah. At some point where would I have overtaken that person that left 5 minutes ahead of me? I guess that's the thing. Cuz uh, I I just can't get over the fact that I just it depends on which lane is the clogged one, because they're the ones sitting in that <laughs> line as you cruise by them again. Okay, so when we at come once, back, I'll tell you some road stories. Well, I don't want to make the whole show about driving, but uh, I just 
I, I, I found the whole thing fascinating. And I do see a connection to uh, Larry Brown would be the guy I got to consult on this because mm. I do see a, a thing where having your air conditioning set at the right airflow is probably more efficient. And, yes, and, and it's actually uh, very cheaper true. too. So, all right, whatever. Uh, who knows what, what we're going to do when we come back? You're listening to Tool Talk Radio <laughs> here at News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I've been going door to door looking for fire hazards. Mind if I give your place a little inspection? News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. I would advise you not to open the door, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can say I've, I've invited that guy in and it mm. never ends well. Anyway, welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go over to the uh, News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page. And uh, if you want to watch the show, it's uh, you can watch us on the um, Royal Retreat Studio cams, which uh, have been activated. I don't know, Alan. I'm looking over there. I think they're on, right? Okay, yep, that's us. That's All kind right. Of frightening. So if you want to see uh, Alan and I, not mm. Max, he he's I don't know, camera shy, or he just he he likes his, his anonymity. <laughs> um, get over there, and you can watch that. And uh, also, after you do that, jump over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the action over there. There's three posts. We have our historically terrible discussion, which we're going to get to mm. momentarily. We have our uh, must-have item of the week, and then we have our uh, great moments in building history, which in honor of the Italian Fest, because, uh, Alan, you know, we love the Italian Fest. We're going to be set up there Ooh, later. Yes, we do. Uh, promoting, and Alan's giving out all sorts of good Tool Talk radio swag and some other yeah, good, good come stuff. Come and subscribe to our channel, and we will bribe you. Yeah, Alan bribes. He, he's not He's not above that, mm -hmm. bribing you with. Uh, yeah, there's always stipulations with Alan. You can't just say, oh, I like that. Uh, tool Talk Radio tool belt. Can I have one? It's like, well, no, you know, well you what do they have can. to do? What are the stipulations? Maybe well, it's not that big a deal. All they got to do is subscribe to us on our wonderful podcast at YouTube. So okay. we're, we are 24 hours a day, seven days a week portable. They can take us with them. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So so do that and you can get some cool tool, yep, tool Talk we'll Radio and swag. swag you up. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, so... Um, all right, so do that. We'll we'll be there later in the day, Alan. Mm -hmm. you're, I think you're going to get there before I am, but whatever. So it's going to be fun. Yet the Italian time Fest. paradox. Uh, today's the last day. They always end on mm. Saturday, but it's going to be going on late into the night. So yes. it's going to be a lot of fun. So, all right, Max, uh, it's time to it's time to do it, man. So, oh my, this armor's useless. Why do we even wear it? Oh, you stink! This is the worst. <laughs> I think it took Alan about one second to to uh, conf to decide on this one. Uh, you know, because Alan, when we do our show prep, a little show uh, peek behind yep. the curtain, we bounce ideas. We don't always go with the first idea that we had. Not you know, always. sometimes we're like, eh, I don't know if that's a good one. I put this one out there, and Alan sent me a con confirmation with it. Literally, I think it was about a second. So, because I go, yeah, it's got to be done. So, for this week's historically terrible, we are going to discuss waterbeds. No. And, and Max, uh, to kick it off, you said that Agent Seven Three Two has. I, I think this is this is a good way to kick it off. Mm -hmm. What they have to say. The inventor of the modern waterbed, Charles Hall, was initially denied the patent for it because sci-fi author Robert Heinlein had described almost the exact same thing in several of his books a few years before. 
so we can blame Heinlein for that because that yeah, that author Robert Heinlein, yeah. a lot of people um if you're if you if you're into sci-fi or even if you're not that 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 guy was way ahead of his time wasn't he he was yes. back in the 60s right yes okay yeah pretty influential writer and and his stuff actually holds up really well today doesn't it uh extremely well Okay, but Alan, the water, I wonder if he envisioned this. So, okay, uh, I'm sure some of our listeners have experienced the waterbed. And uh, oh maybe, hey, gosh. you might love the water. Maybe you still have one, but. Uh, <laughs> I doubt it. Maybe, I. do we have to describe what a waterbed is? I mean, it's just basically a big mattress filled with water. Well, all right, one, it wasn't a mattress. Okay. It was 100 mil vinyl. It was a giant water balloon. Shaped like a mattress, but it it served the. You're sleeping on this. Yeah, well, it, it you bought them in different sizes, mm -hmm. and they had a big port in the center. So mm -hmm. basically, you <laughs> ran a hose into the house, and you filled this thing up with hundreds, if not thousands, of pounds of water. It, it away as much as your car. I mean, the thing was sitting huge, especially when it's on the second story. What does that do into your rafters? Oh what is gosh. that? Well, what if it leaks? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh let's talk about when it leaks. Yeah. Forgive me if I speak with hindsight, but I just have to ask why. Well, because they could, Max, and because it, <laughs> if it was tacky in the seventies, they did it. So you know, I'm All right. just. You have to keep in mind, Max, that we were going from basically an agrarian world to the modern world of chemicals are good. Oh, yeah. We had gone from... If we can make from, it out of plastic, let's yeah, do it. We had yeah. gone from home-cooked meals to, no, 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 no. What you want is this dinner wrapped in foil <laughs> that was that you could you could just pre-cook. And look, looky, you have a television dinner. Right. Ready to go. Uh, this was one of those technology things that just showed up. And, you know, when you first saw it, you just stood there and stared at it and went, that's weird. Yeah. And then you sat on it and went, well, that's kind of weird. And then you kind of laid on it and went, all right, that's, that's again, kind of weird. It's interesting, but yeah. It makes me think of Victor Frankenstein looking at his monster for the first time. <laughs> no, I actually it, it made this. So, it was so the Victor Frankenstein. But it had a big frame around, it, it had yeah. a big platform, and then a big, you know, usually about a two-by-eight type of frame around yeah. it. And so the one thing, and then it, it was usually rubber lined so that in yes. case it leaked and everything. Well, Alan, the one thing I remember about the because I didn't own a waterbed, but I, I think a friend <laughs> of mine, they had one at their house, and so, you know, you do these sleepovers and stuff. And so there were a few times I slept on a waterbed. Yeah. And I, I, here's what I remember. I remember slosh, a sloshing sound in my ear. Yes. When you move. I remember the unsettling feeling of when you rolled over. I remember what a hassle it was to get out of the thing because, you know, yep. and I'm thinking somebody with mobility issues would, would hate this. And then I remember waking up in the middle of the night because they were so hot. I had like a sweat thing mm. by my back because it would you know it's you're laying on rubber basically <laughs> even if you have a sheet and a pad between it i didn't i i had no in, i didn't like them at all man and oh and in the winter they were freezing cold yes they were supposed hypothermia. to be heated yeah but you know hypothermia. can they freeze can they literally like turn into ice I don't beds see why not. Yes, i mean yes, if it they gets could, cold enough. and they did um, I, I just didn't like them. I don't know if there's people out there that like these, but, you know. Oh, I even knew people that went so far as to have living things in their bed. See, now that, I, we've heard of the people that put fish in put there. Put fish in there, baby. Got little guppies and goldfish and, oh, It craziness. seems mean, but also, wouldn't they, 
okay, I'm thinking, wouldn't they create things that could deteriorate the plastic? I'm, I'm trying to be delicate. But, or what uh, if the fish rebel and decide to try to bite the mattress? Bite right. out of the mattress? They bite their way out. Well, you Alan. didn't put piranhas in the thing, <laughs> did you? You put a goldfish, man. <laughs> Unless you were like some guy like wanted to do this as sort of like a power play. Well, I, I, I just remember the, the one call I got of... Was that you know the the cushion had been pushed aside while laundry was being done and little fluffy the putty tat oh, had gotten oh. on top of it and it now looked like a sprinkler. I, that's a good point. You don't <laughs> let the cat near this because the cat's going to want to sharpen it. Oh or yeah, tickety tickety water everywhere. Oh gosh. Of uh, there then of course there was always the people that never set the the blocking up correctly. So that would fall off. And if you were on the second or third floor of an apartment building and you had managed to put one of these things together, I just distinctly remember the waterfall of water down the fire escape stairs from the burst water bed. I seem to remember stories, too, of of these things literally collapsing the rafters. And oh, maybe yeah. It, they old, might fall through or they might. A lot know. of old buildings got seriously damaged by the weight of these if, things. If you, had some, if you had an old building with maybe some rotting or termite damage or something, oh, yeah. you put one of these babies up. Oh, yeah, you, it, were testing, you were yeah. testing the mood. <laughs> uh, yeah, these were, I, I mean, oh, my gosh. And you could always tell when somebody was having to clean their bed out. Because the other thing was, you couldn't, to not to be too funky this early, but you had a big wooden box. Just picture like a giant wooden sandbox. And you put a massive, thousands of pounds, giant water water balloon in it. Mm -hmm. How do you clean under and around that? Oh, yeah. It, well, it would be a dust collector. It, and it would collect you didn't everything. have dust bunnies. You had dust buffaloes. You know what else? Things would fall in there, and they were hard to get out. Oh, yeah. You could not find them. They, 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 you know, the remote control falls oh. in there, the whole, yeah. Yeah, that's when you just went and bought a new remote. So, uh, so then, and then I remember the number of people when, when the fad began to fade, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of went, you know, my back hurts. I'm tired of this thing. Oh, uh, yeah, you have no support. Yeah, and just like, oh, you know, everybody kind of figured out, all right, it's a novelty, it's cute, but I don't want to live on it anymore. No. Of the draining and removal of waterbeds. Oh, my gosh. I think there was an adage with waterbeds that was similar to what people say about owning a boat. The best day, the two best days you get a waterbed are the day you buy it and the day you get rid of it. The day you get rid of it, yeah. Right. So, um, I don't know. I, 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 Folks, feel free at any point today to Did weigh in on your experience. Did you have a waterbed? What are your stories? Because yeah. I guarantee you don't have one now. Yeah. You know who I guarantee <laughs> does not have a waterbed? He's too smart. Is our good buddy Larry Brown with mm. Brown Refrigeration. Now, he... Uh, he does stay up on the latest technology, but he never fell for that fad, Alan. So I, I don't know. <laughs> that, uh, but the one thing you can count on with Larry Brown is that if you have any HVAC needs, if you have, you know, they are always in the cutting edge of technology with their train systems and especially the clean air technology with the Remy Halo system, right. blowing out the UV power of the sun, cleaning all the air, that uh, all, the, all, all the surfaces that this air lands on, especially these days, especially living in Memphis, you have got to have the Remy Halo system. I think it's just a 
Well, especially critical. now. Yeah. Our air is so nice and thick, you can chew on it right now. And you definitely want uh, an air conditioning. Uh, you want an air conditioning uh, HVAC company that you can count on because it's a relationship. You are going to maintain this thing regularly. You need you need a rock-solid company, and that's who Brown Refrigeration is. We love these guys. They are the best, Alan, and uh, we wholeheartedly recommend them, which we, we do, do pretty several times, you know. Several times a month, we're giving out Larry's number. So get in touch with the good people at Brown Refrigeration. You can call them directly. They answer their phones, 901-362-1881, or go to their very easy-to-remember website, brownref.com, and go to their Facebook page. I will say he's active on Facebook, so check that out. So, All right, Alan, uh, there's a lot on the table today, Mm. and (laughs) we're going to continue to shovel it on. (laughs) Uh, We're going to come back, and I have an on-air confession for everybody. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here on News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. How tough am I? How tough am I? I had a bowl of nails for breakfast this morning. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. You know, if you just if you just kind of round out the sharp edges, it's not that bad, Alan. Don't get them near the water batted. <laughs> Good point. Uh, and welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go over uh, two. There's two Facebook pages they need to check out. First, they need to go to the um, Ro- the uh, News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page and check us out if you want to watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio cams, which are... They're activated. I don't know, Alan. Right now, you're on, and I'm not. Mine is a little is, is a little squirrely. So oh, it could be man. a little squirrely today. But whatever. That's you know that's that's t- that's the well, way it is. Well, that's been your history. Connection Being issues. A so. Squirrely, so. But um, check it out. We uh, we love the people over at Royal Retreat, and uh, it, we thank them for for providing these uh, great studio cams. And then afterwards, head on over to the uh, Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out. I made made a few posts this morning. We mm-hmm. did our. Must have item of the week. We dis- we did <laughs> our historically terrible discussion, which is still out on the table. If anybody wants to weigh in on their experience with waterbeds, uh, Angel weighed in on our Facebook page. She's talked about, uh, you forgot to mention motion sickness. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, in the 70s, a lot of people like to tie one on. And what did that feel oh. like going to... Going to bed after a big night and then sleeping on the water bed. That that's gotta be uh that's gotta be rough. So but uh feel free to weigh in on that as well. And um, you know, uh feel free to call or text us at any point with your thoughts. Um and especially with the uh the time paradox oh, yeah. thing that I posed earlier in the show. Well you asked earlier about, you know, we were talking about bicyclists and unicycles. You asked about them and oh um, yeah. Our our dear buddy agent uh threw in that a unicyclist are the mimes of the biking world. Okay. <laughs> well, what does that mean? <laughs> now you're now we're going to alienate unicyclists. Well, so, you're yeah. just the one weirdo in the park doing your own thing, you know? Uh, have and you ever, I totally respect that. Uh, have you ever tried to ride one? My neighbor had a unicyclist growing up and I mean he had a unicycle. Those things are hard to ride. I I could never do it. 
I got about five feet and fell well, over. They got a commercial now where you get electric unicycles. You're riding around. I'm like, no, you know, really, no. Not to beat it into the ground, Alan, but the problem I have with unicycle is that, the, you know, unless they have one of those really tall ones with a chain on it where you can coast a little bit. But <laughs> if you're pedaling, it's more work to pedal that unicycle than it is to just ride. It's... I mean, than to just walk. I, in my opinion, you know, there was even a school of up north for a long time that had a unicycle program and it was basically like this. If you can learn to unicycle, you can do anything. Oh, I, I don't doubt it, man. So, so just, all right. Just throw one in there. Well, well totally respect it. I ain't going to do it. All right. Well, so. it's, this, this is tool talk radio, not unicycle talk radio. So, Alan, let's get back to it. And, all right. Uh, I have to purge here. So. Okay. I've called you all here because I need some honest answers. Yeah, they all kind of broke. So, when do I start? There is a basket of oil-soaked rags above a wood-burning stove. Are you out of your mind? You put a jet engine on a lawnmower? <laughs> this time, they are going to be held accountable. This time, they are the ones who will pay. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, Alan, this is actually, uh, Max just really wanted to play that because he hasn't yeah. played the confession yeah. line in a while. So, but uh, in truth, this is a three pronged discussion, Max. Mm. This is, this started off as a tool tale, which morphed into a must have item of the week, which uh, ultimately led to me having to make an on air confession. So, this is three segments in one, a three pronged discussion, mm. Alan. <laughs> So let's 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 start from the uh, must-have item of the week aspect of it, Alan. I'm holding it up to the camera, although you my camera's out. Why don't up? you hold it up to your camera? I'll hold because, it up to uh, my camera. But uh, tell people, uh, you know, what you're holding up. That so. is what is known as a polarized grounding adapter plug. Otherwise, for, to the layman, a three-pronged adapter. It's so, a three-prong to two-prong adapter. Yeah. So yes. if you've got a, a three-prong device and. Uh, you need to get it. Maybe you've got an outlet that's only got two prongs, or you have an extension cord that's only got two prongs. My computer is that way. I have to plug into you know one mm -hmm. of these, so it's pretty easy. It converts it from three prongs into two prongs. Mm -hmm. So, um, this thing is what like a buck fifty or something. These things are cheap. You should have some of these around because, especially if you live in an older home like I do. I mean, some I of think our outlets like are five bucks a piece at Home Depot or Lowe's or one of the big box stores or something. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, so Alan, it's a pretty basic thing. I think everybody knows what a three-prong right. to two-prong adapter is. However, I'm going to make a confession, Alan. I've been on the job. <laughs> I've been out in the mm. field sometimes, and uh, not as much these days because I've I've kind of got into more uh, cordless tools. You know, much That's to your true. much yeah. to your chagrin. Um, but to my humor, there have been times where maybe let's just suppose I have a, a an extension cord that's only got two prongs on it for whatever right. reason, you know, or or I've got or I've got an outlet at a, at a customer's house or something and I have to plug in. Well, I've had things like a drill. In fact, Old Blue has been a victim of this where they had the three prongs. One of them is the grounding uh, right. prong. And I didn't have a, I didn't have any other way to plug in, so I took my, I took my needle nose pliers and I snapped that one out, that third prong out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I can't promise I haven't done that on other devices as well. So, what am I risking when I do that? And obviously, we're telling people not to do that. Don't do as I've. I, I'm done just going to go with one simple word. Okay. That would be electrocution. Okay. <laughs> How about that? Well, what's the big? Because we should mention it. Because that third one is the round. It's the round. Uh, it's prong, the green and wire. And that's the grounding. Right. One, it's right? the one they never cut in the bomb movie. 
Oh. Right. <laughs> well, what 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 happens when I do? Okay, it works. I was able to go, but uh, all right. Well, let's so. let's set the wayback machine for a second. Let's go visit our old buddy Benjamin. Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. Okay. Uh, Benjamin was massively popular. He was once billed as the man who tamed God. Because of his lightning disc deal? Because of the lightning rod. Okay. And all he basically did, now it, it's hard to imagine in our modern world, every time a thunderstorm came in, people freaked out because somebody sure. was losing a building. Especially if you had a if you had a building with a big bell like a church on the top and that's a giant piece of metal attracting lightning. Right. Oh man. So but he actually came up with the idea of just taking a metal rod mm-hmm. and making it extend above the top of the chimney and stick way down in the ground. And when the lightning came and it hit that rod, it went safely into the ground. It was quote unquote grounded. Gotcha. So, and you walk around your house, you're going to find this weird little metal rod sticking up out of the ground, usually over by your your indicator to your electric company, how much electricity you're using, your meter. Right. You're going to find this weird little metal post and some kind of big connector tied onto it. Right. And that is because by modern standards, you have a ground... That allows an excess arc of electricity to be dissipated off into the ground. Right. Now, that wasn't true all the time. Yeah. Because electricity only needs basically a neutral and a hot. It needs it, only it to needs work. It needs two cords. It but needs, that's, that's not the safety part. That the, sa- well, the grounding is the part that like, or is the ground, okay, by me snapping this third prong out of there, am I eliminating the possibility of the circuit breaker tripping or is it You're eliminating it than- the source of excess electricity where there's some form of surge okay. or short circuit. You have eliminated the ability of that unit to dissipate that electricity. Okay. So you've given it nowhere to go. It's kind of like I'm, I'm, your, your waterbed is going to burst, <laughs> but you don't have a drain. Okay, gotcha. So now you're just going to live in the excess. It would be the equivalent if you have a waterbed and there's a bunch of pressure building up and you don't have a cap to because you could open the cap. And relieve some of the water, you know, maybe you drain a little exactly. of the water out or relieve some there's of the no, air pressure or Well, it's like your radiator in your car. Once there's enough heat and time and all that and it's getting a little tough, there's an overflow. Right. Okay. So this is designed to let excess electricity go somewhere other than you. Okay, now what about this three-pronged adapter then, Alan? Is this I, a dangerous device? Well, because you'll notice the little cap on the top of it that's going to touch the metal on the on the board yeah there's a little prong here where you could unscrew the uh you could unscrew the uh outlet cover right and then it'll come in contact with that and so this little seemingly uh nothing piece of metal is actually very critical the ground okay so that's what you use and then because that touches the screw which touches touches the the metal in the building which touches the all the power thus theoretically giving you a a ground right if any such connection exists anywhere in the property right okay um so in other words don't do this yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's a reason we have safety rules these days okay and a two-prong outlet 
just ain't safe and needs to be updated. Yeah, absolutely. Robbie just chimed. He said you can't work in Midtown without one, and he's right. Oh, that's those very true. Are old, a lot so. of older homes. Um, Alan, hour one of Tool Talk Radio is in the wow. can, so to speak. But hour two is coming up. It's going to be really rich in discussion, and especially when we get to our great moments in building history, discussing the city of Venice, Italy. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go to uh, two, two Facebook pages. Go to the uh, News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and uh, check out the Royal Retreat Studio Cams, which are on. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine's mine's on. Okay, yep. It's, it's been a little dicey today with uh, connection issues, but they're on now, so you can see uh, what it looks like here in the studios mm-hmm. and see what uh, Alan and I are up to. And then after that, go over to the uh, Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the posts we've made, including our uh, must-have item of the week, which turned into more of a confession about how I can burn down homes with, a, you know. <laughs> You're trying to die? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we, we celebrated in our historically terrible segment, uh, Waterbeds. Uh, mm. Some of our regular listeners are finally waking up, I guess. They're weighing in. Um, the coffee's they, kicking in. Yeah. Uh, uh, Will Will Pepper said that he yeah. he said waterbeds are awesome. We we said they're terrible. But, uh, Will, hey, to each his own. Nobody's saying don't get. Uh, I heard stories about people filling their waterbeds with, like, jello. Oh, yeah. And things like that. Oh, and, yeah. uh, so You ought to try to remove one of those. Right. Exactly. Oh, so, okay. Gosh, but, you know, so if you've, if you've got strong opinions, you can, you can <laughs> weigh in over there. Um, Alan, also, uh, it, it, well, I want to remind, okay, well, never mind. We, we, you, you made a comment. Sometimes you make these innocent little comments <laughs> and they spark uh, a discussion. So we're going to be doing in a moment an impromptu science, uh, segment yeah, based yeah. on something you just said it, it grew organically it grew just as organically <laughs> as all the uh, algae in a waterbed so oh, absolutely so once again and we also want to hear from you the big m roofing and remodeling hotline where you can call or text 901-683-0989 and you can also send pictures so hey alan but uh, i want you to tell us about our uh, our new sponsor our new sponsor new. well you know, in uh, the, the as well, if you remember, <laughs> I'm going to put it this way. If you distinctly remember waterbeds, yeah. it might be time to call the Royal Retreat. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're in that age. You're in that yeah, demographic. You know, so, I'll yeah. throw that out there. Okay. Of, uh, to give you kind of quote, they like to say, uh, you've worked really hard your whole life. Now it's time to be pampered. There you go. Uh, the Royal Retreat is an assisted living facility. So if your family is uh, in that particular dynamic in time, uh, by all means, call Lana Candela over there. The main office number is 901-563-2210. The Royal Retreat is convenient to Memphis, Collierville, Germantown. It's right over there. Near the 385, which is It's right there near 385 over by Kirby Parkway. And... It's a good looking place. I still got to take you over for a tour, though. Yeah, I got to. We got to go get you walk around. Uh, they got new garden beds just went in. All kinds of new events, and I was there for their Memorial Day celebration. And got news for you, they were throwing a pretty good party. 
Oh, yeah. Well, it, that's like you said, and they seem to have a real mission statement with that's they that's do. what they want. They want to take care of their residents. They so. really, really do. They want to take care of you. So, again, get in touch with Lana Candela over there at 901-563-2210. Schedule a tour and go check the place out. Absolutely. So, all right, Alan, uh, shortly we're going to get to our great moments in building history, which in honor of the uh, Italian Fest, folks, if you're just waking up, um, we want to remind you uh, after Tool Talk Radio, well, I'd say, you know, maybe late, pace yourself because it's going to be going on till late into the night. Oh, yeah. But we hope you'll come on over to the uh, Italian Festival. It's going on. Uh, at Marquette Park near the corner of Mendenhall and Park, and um, <laughs> good luck parking though. You gotta, you know, parking's always sort of a. a I, I know where you live. A challenge, <laughs> so yeah. But you'll find you'll find parking there. It's very safe. Great family event that happens every year, and uh, we'll be set up there in the uh, Tool Talk Radio. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry, the 98.9 The Roar uh, promotion tent. Yep. Just look for the uh, beer tent and the uh, mixed drink tent, and we're right next to it. And the free car. And the free car. Yep. We're sandwiched right between it, so check that out. Hey, uh, Alan, you said something that, okay, so our must-have item of the week was the th the three-prong to two-prong adapter. Right. And you, you took us on the Wayback Machine, and you right. were talking about um, how back in the day before the lightning rod, which Benjamin Franklin uh, so, developed, yep. was... Um, it, anytime there was rain and especially lightning, it, it was terrifying because you might get struck by lightning. And suddenly yes. the lightning rod attracts the lightning and and draws it into the ground where it Correct. dissipates. And it, mm -hmm. Okay, well, I was just thinking about something. Hail science! There you go. There may be unintended consequences. Okay, so let's just take ourselves back. Before the days of the lightning rod, mm -hmm. let, uh, lightning might hit a tree or it might hit a, a building right. or it might hit whatever, which is on the surface of the earth. Yes. And then it does whatever damage it's going to do and it moves along. Well, now around the world, because of the invention of the lightning rod, we have millions and probably billions of lightning rods yes. all penetrating the surface of the earth. Yes. So what... What is that doing to the crust of the earth to suddenly electrify it? Are we awaking say, the mole people? Yeah. Are we going to get Pacific Rim here? Are we are we loosening tectonic plates? Are we are we turning earthworms into, you know, electrified monsters? What are we I feel like there's right, well, got to be a byproduct of this. Well, so. without lightning, we probably wouldn't exist. Uh, okay, talk to me. <laughs> Let me Don't dodge my question. Let, oh no, I no, think, I'm okay. going to answer your question, but I'm going to say when the lightning hit the tree, it went through the tree into what? Mm, the ground. Okay, I'll buy that. Okay, so so we, that's a modified, but not uh, everything was that. Yes, if if before lightning rods, lightning still all went into the ground. It just went into the ground via another vehicle. Even a built, even a building. Even a building, it's still connected to the ground. Just because it caught you on fire on the way through, all we did was provided a path around you. Okay, what about the Burj Khalifa or something? These things go into the ground like a mile yes. down into the ground. Yes. Surely that's not the same as a, you know, there's got to be, um, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give up on this premise. <laughs> yeah, we have the makings of a good sci-fi movie we, here. We, so. we do, we do. What we have is a making is a really great horror film right. without lightning. Okay. Because lightning transfers uh, electrons from one area to another allows storms to coalesce and move along. It also provides ozone, which keeps us from being burned alive by the UV radiation of our solar system. Okay. Of So lightning of may even have a role in the very creation of life on the planet. Max, because why do I feel like... Strikes 
you know, we're pumping a lot of power into everything going on here. Max, why do I feel like he's dodging the question? He's part of something here that I've just uncovered, <laughs> and, and and he's deflecting. He's deflecting the 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 question out. I'm sorry. I think there's something here. So. Now, what well, lightning Which has always paid gone you off? into the planet. Okay. So all we're doing is not having it go through you to get to the planet. Mm, I don't know. If you've got thoughts about this, and if, if you're on my side, that this and is actually... A, and if you're a mole person, please text us. Yeah, let us know. And if we, Yeah, if, before if the lizard people do. Exactly. Right. All right, Alan, uh, we, we, when we come back, though, we are going to discuss something that is grounded in science, and it's going to be a very interesting discussion in our great moments in building history as we discuss the city of Venice. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Floor feels a little gritty here. Yeah, we ran out of floorboards there, so we painted the dirt. Pretty clever. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. You know what, Alan? If you get tired of the color, it's really easy to change, it too. Is. So. Get a broom. <laughs> and welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we also invite you to go to the uh, News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and check out the uh, Royal Retreat Studio Cams, which are activated. Yep. We're on the air. Or, you know, if you want to watch and listen to the show, you can do that. And then, of course, afterwards, we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and give us a like and check out the posts we've made over there. Um, now, Alan, before the break, once again, this is this is what happens. You know, with these conversations always grow organically. <laughs> we agreed we're going to put a pin in this and, and, and bring it back next week because okay. I, I posited the notion that with the invention of the lightning rod, right, it, you're suddenly taking, you know, billions of volts of electricity and and driving them way into the ground, especially when you get to a city where these skyscrapers right. have these huge, you know, going a mile into the ground. I think there's a there's side effects that maybe okay. there are unintended consequences. You wanted to deflect the question, but then off the air, you sort of admitted that I had a point. You do have a point. In fact, we got a we got a text somebody said they're a mole person and we're getting too close to the truth is that right max and so uh, we better just shut our mouths or whatever i don't know we we're activating uh you know we're, we're uncovering truths oh maybe. by the way the representative of the mole people says lightning good lightning power hidden underground machines that will one day overthrow humanity lightning just too bright for eyes Rods bring lightning down and protect eyes. There you go. See, the mole people have spoken, Alan. And I'm glad to hear that they get a radio signal under there. So, Thank you, Agent 732. He's the proxy. Okay. Well, you should. Okay, thanks. So um, he's had a busy morning. So, But, hey, Alan, we're going to we're gonna put a pin in that because this is a bigger discussion, and we've actually touched on something. Yes. So next week, if you want to chime in, we're, we're going to maybe go deeper. We're going to dive deeper. Into the why, underground. Why your cities are sinking. So yes. in a minute, Max, uh, we want to get to our great moments in building history. Before we do that, though, of course, we want to discuss our good buddy, Jay Hill, with Big M Roofing and Remodeling. Alan, uh, I don't know if we can do best better than to uh, share. I guess we got to find the post. Robbie, uh, he he was uh, he's a listener. He's a mm. very loyal listener. He got his new Big M roof this week. He made a he made a glowing uh, post about this oh, and excellent. just how happy excellent. he was. He he said how glad he was. He listens to the show because um, 
Jay did exactly what he said. He, I guess he, he was in a situation where he had uh, a homeowner's claim because, as we've said on the past, Jay Hill is not only uh, a GAF master elite installer, he's five stars with the Better Business Bureau and Good Housekeeping, and they install, of course, roofing systems, and GAF yes. is always at the cutting edge of technology. But what sets Jay apart is the fact that he's a former insurance agent, which is uh, important because there are many times where your homeowner's um, insurance will cover damage to your roof, but it is, it's just a really confusing process. I'm sure it's that way on purpose too, Alan, to discourage people from taking advantage. I, but I'm pretty sure the Incredibles were not making fun of anything at all no. at the beginning of that movie. That's, no. a, that's, a, that's a good point. So so he's kind of like the uh, Mr. Incredible, isn't he? So that's going to be his help new Help you navigate that, yes. So Jay can help you navigate that, and if you have a path forward, then you're then, then he'll let you know. If you don't have a path forward, that that's okay. It, you want information. You want to be dealing with, uh, right. you know, the correct information. So get in touch with Jay. That's that's one of the great services he provides. Also, he really specializes in the exterior protection of your home, yes. and they're all they're all they work in a in a systematic way. He deals with uh, gutters, siding, and windows, and so you, really you got the roof, siding, gutters, windows. That is, that is the full exterior protection of your home. So you want those all working in harmony yes. with qualified technicians and a company that's going to be around for the long haul when you, maybe you need, you know, maybe you need a tune-up. Maybe you need something uh, that, that you, there's a follow-up visit. You can get in touch with Jay. He's a, just a great guy, a very dynamic personality. And also, he uh, has relationships with, a, he has 30 lenders at his disposal. Yes. So if you need to finance, financing's not a problem. It literally takes two minutes to apply. It's it's and there's you're gonna find a lender with the uh, terms that work for you. So get in touch with Jay. I always recommend calling him late at night or calling him during a football <laughs> game or something because he'll answer the phone. Uh, you can call him directly at 901-484-5645 or go to big M roofing and remodeling.com. All right, uh, this is going to be an interesting one, Max. Let's hit it. And now, great moments in building history. Well, Alan, in honor of uh, shortly, we're going to leave the nice, friendly, uh, comfortable confines of this air-conditioned studio mm. and brave the the heat over at the uh, Memphis Italian Festival. So we thought, well, surely we better, you know, for great moments in building history, let's talk about uh, something to, some uh, something in Italy and I'm, I'm happy to report I learned quite a bit on this. We're going to discuss the city of Venice because... Okay. And actually, at one point, it was the country of Venice, I believe. It was. It was its own independent country. And so I, it, it's one of these, I dare say, everybody knows what Venice is. It's, 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 you know, it's the place they built on, I think, 118 different little islands and uh, basically in swamp territory. But... It's in the. It's off into the. Uh, it's it's sort of almost like a gulf, right, Alan? Uh, I don't know what they call it, but it's it's in the water. It's a little isolated city, and uh, the first thing you might ask is, well, why would they build this? You know, why would they? Mm. Why would you build here? This is like the worst conditions you could have for for erecting a thing. So what I learned, which I didn't realize, because I've been to Italy, but I've never been to Venice. But okay, it's beautiful, and and as you know. The ground is very fertile. It's a great, that's probably one of the reasons the Roman Empire was so successful because the ground in Italy is very great for great. It's, you know, crops are, well, if you're looking at the, uh, if you're looking at, we know Italy is shaped like a boot. If you're looking at the top right side of the boot, um, almost like a Captain America boot or something, but right. uh, there's 
so above there's a on that section if you go up just a little bit you're at the you're at the alps which is a very right. difficult terrain if you're a marauding army and you're trying to invade different countries mm -hmm. it's a very difficult place to go and if you go south of that there's there's the sea and so this little valley here became throughout history just became constant there were constantly battles over the space because yes. it was alt it was really really fertile great land and it was strategically placed so it was almost like a funnel funneling all these tyrants through there and eventually the people got tired of living there and so they moved off in onto this island area yep and apparently it started thriving because it kept the armies at well, bay and everything so that's why they built it which i didn't know that i yeah, thought that the, was the very Didi lived in that little valley until the lombards showed up the lombards did, yeah and they just went all right that's it we're out in the swamp. Yeah. All right. All right we're so gonna... we're talking about, this is about 1500. So, so. Oh no, this was at 421 AD. 421. So we're talking over, yeah, 1600 years ago. So. Yeah. We're, we're. That's, that's a, long a long time, time ago. ago. You know, and basically the kind of the running gag was, all right, every time we move, somebody moves us along. So we're going to pick a place so terrible. Nobody is going to want to live there but us. And they have a barrier. Like, they, you know, in castles, they used to build moats around the castle. This is like the ultimate moat because it's way, well, it's like a two-mile, two I think it's four miles between the land and the island, I believe. Something like that. And the fact that it's, you got to think like the Florida Keys. It's, okay. it's a lot of little bitty chunks of land and coral and debris and all that kind of stuff. All just really close together with all these little inlets mm -hmm. between them. Yeah. And you talk about building acumen. These people looked at that and I went, okay, every place that's solid, we're going to start building. Right. And then we're just going to leapfrog around yeah. it. And basically what they built was uh, probably the best castle you could have ever built because there's no real way of getting into the city in a large organized force. It's not worth the trouble if you're because the other thing exactly. is let's suppose you're you're this marauding army. Okay, you first of all you got to get your soldiers out there on boats, which they they didn't carry boats. But you can't with use them. the big boats. And you get it's out too there, shallow. well, big deal. I just conquered a swamp island. What do I care? You know, so they just basically passed by. They left them alone. You know, now they were burning and pillaging inland, but you know, well, I'm just and here's kind of what happens. Of when a place gets left alone, it begins to prosper, right? And because they're making the most, yeah. they're making the most of what they got, mm -hmm. and what they've got is an amazing seaport. And they got fit. I mean, they and food is delivered. I right. mean, food is literally being delivered as you pull in, right? So, right. Uh, so sanitation is not a problem. The plague is not a problem. A lot of horrible things that happen in Europe don't actually happen to Venice. Yeah, you were kind of in your own little remote kind of... I mean, now, granted, whoever started it up, that they had the tough job because they had to get things... They had to get things started. Um, but uh, once it thrived... It's funny because it at one point, it was the most prosperous place you could say in Europe. I mean, it it became a powerhouse it was and it a, became a trade. It was a huge center. Yeah, and it's it, still, yeah. So, uh, but it's interesting because the construction technique... We're talking 1,600 years ago that they, because you would never build a house there. In fact, I think there's a biblical proverb against building in places like that. But uh, <laughs> you're talking about swamp, and, and you and I have been around that. I remember growing up, we, we would go by these uh, kind of swampy areas, and you're, you walk 
across and your foot just sinks right mm -hmm. into it. So they had to o overcome that challenge. And so um, that's going to be an interesting uh, point of discussion too. Well, and, and that is where putting in the foundation mm -hmm. becomes so critical. And right. we'll get more into that when we come back. Yeah, because the that's that's the part. It's like, okay, well, we understand the why, which I never really understood before. But now once you understand the why, you understand why they were so motivated to uh, to make this happen. But uh, also, Alan, there's still a, a lot of challenges because, okay, well, if you build on there, there's rotting. There's all sorts of uh, challenges yep. that these, uh, these noble uh, Venetians overcame. And we're going to unpack that when we come back. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar Memphis. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. You may feel a slight sawing. News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. Yeah, nothing a little Novocaine won't help uh, there, Alan. And welcome back to, uh, is that Novocaine? What kills the pain? Novocaine? Whatever. Yeah, Novocaine's good. Just it's a good edit place that to out, start. Max. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go to uh, the uh, Facebook page, uh, the uh, 98.9 The Roar Facebook page. Check us out on the Royal Retreat Studio cams, which are going. If you want to watch the show and listen at the same time, yeah. you can do that. And actually, you can come back and listen, or you can watch it 24 hours a day if you Anytime want. Once it's, like. once it's posted, it's there forever, Alan, so watch That's what you scary. do. That's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then after that, visit our Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the action over there and uh, and see the, the uh, different posts we've made. And uh, then, of course, get over to TooltalkRadio.com if you want to check out any of our past shows. And there's links for all of our platforms. And uh, it's fun knowing that we have people around the world that are listening. So Absolutely. Pretty cool. Hey, Alan, we got a lot to get to, man. So in honor of us being over at the Italian Fest later, um, we're, we're, we're discussing for our great moments in building history, the city of Venice, which we... Earlier, we explained kind of why they were motivated to build on an island in the, you know, a swamp, swamp-laden island out in the, out in the ocean because it was actually a place of safety. And it was actually, it's really beautiful out there. I mean, let's not lie. It's, it's just, but it's hazardous to live out there. But now we're talking about people living 1,600 years ago. And then how do you actually do this? If you walk on that swamp, uh, mm -hmm. you're going to sink into it. You can't build a home on that. Unless you come up with a really cunning technique, which they did, well, which involved you know, and, a lot of sledgehammers, I have to believe. And, so, and right? we still echo it today. Yeah. Uh, you like to build decks. Right. How is a deck supported? Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't had to go this radical, but I know what you're saying. So, <laughs> you haven't yeah. used a 60-foot post to uh, set a deck yet? No. So it's like, uh, but, but, yeah, you, they did. Uh, they would use, like, alder wood and stuff like that, and they would drive post through the muck and the mire, all the way down into the bedrock of the seafloor. And, well, yeah, that's how you anchored this end of the bridge to the next little island. And so they kept basically platform building. Well, I can't, I saw a great video, and there's plenty of YouTube videos about this, folks. And of course, you know, we're going to also get to the point the, to the fact that Venice is now sinking, too, which is a, is, is a concern. Well, a lot of cities are there's sinking, a lot of things yes. happening. But, what they did, the way this guy explained it was very, very interesting. He just basically said that uh, he, he did a demonstration of himself. He stepped in right. the, the thing, 
And then he took, they just took several branches and they drove them into the mud straight down. And then they put a, a platform there and it was rock. It was very solid because by driving the, you know, by driving the wood, which is a, mm -hmm. it's a special kind of wood that doesn't deteriorate either. It's older. By right. driving it into the ground, you are now compressing the mud and making it harder. You know, you're yes. firm, you're changing, you're driving out the air bubbles. You're making mm -hmm. this just by the simple fact of uh, driving. It's pretty brilliant. I wish I knew this when I was a kid when we were making all these tree forts and, <laughs> you know, things like that. But, okay, Alan, it's one thing to build that. I, I might even consider building, you know, a house with that system driving driving right. wood pile on i i mean there are there there are cathedrals there are some pretty yes. big structures on venice i don't know that i'd want to trust my entire city to something like this that's i don't know well, i mean i know they didn't start off that way they probably started off pretty humbly but that that to me is a little bit problematic it's like it's built on a okay but well, you, know. you got 118 different islands underneath Venice. Right. So you do have some solid land. Mm -hmm. of, and the best solid land, of course, is going to be the grandest of structures. Right. So normal, everyday construction ideas. However, because you are looking at a shifting landscape or seascape, in this case, uh, different allocations have been made over the centuries to renovate, prop up, and on occasion elevate buildings. Where, yeah, I've heard that they have to literally jack a building up. You know, well, there are a few buildings where the bottom floor is now the basement. I think we saw that in and, Ocean's uh, yeah. <laughs> Ocean's Twelve or something like that. Yeah. One of those movies. Yeah. Of uh, well, you know, so here is a, basically an ongoing engineering challenge, right? Because we're going to get into something called sedition here, which is when you put enough weight on something, mm -hmm. you press it down. And eventually, I guess it hits a firm foundation where it just sit, settles on that, right? You hope. Yeah. Uh, you know, ask the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I, I do want to make one quick little comment here, though, Alan, because I can hear people screaming at the radio right now. It's like they're probably saying... Okay, well, if you build a wooden structure and you put it in the in the ocean, it's gonna it's obviously gonna rot. You have wood that's gonna be right. constantly saturated, but that's not necessarily the case, right, Max? That's so. because this water is salty, and that prevents oxygen from forming, i.e., the presence of fungi and decay. Right, which is it, it. It's funny because it actually creates the opposite effect. We've talked about how when they when they used to make concrete in Rome, which is why the Colosseum and things are still standing, is because the salt actually strengthens it and it's doing the same thing here right? i was just thinking is it a similar principle if you built around a bog because of that pre that pre hmm. prevents decay you wonder if bogs would also be similarly accommodating or maybe even more so than the venetian because there's no oxygen well you know what the entire country of holland loves that theory because yeah. they use peat bogs and as a matter of fact they're now having a problem where they have gone in and mined too much of the peat out. Oh, yeah. And they're actually getting liquefaction or water creeping back in. So, uh, welcome to, you know, Joe, you love to talk, we love to talk about unintended consequences. Yeah. Of, so yes, things like peat bogs and salt water do preserve things. But then they bring up other issues. But 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 Alan, by by choosing this material, what I was saying is now these these uh, pylons that they drove into there sixteen hundred years ago, yes. they're almost the consistency of rock. They've hardened to the point yes. where 
They're very solid. So they had to know this stuff. I mean, these, no, these, not really. I don't they know. just went. How this, did they, they didn't just luckily guess to pick the right wood. I think they well, picked wood that well, they, could withstand things. Well, they had observed that different woods worked differently in different environments. Okay, you know, it's like you're a carpenter, yeah. and you know that. Pine is good for certain things, but it's a soft wood. Right. And you true. wouldn't trust it for certain applications. Yeah. However, you know, we're working with this alder over here, and, you know, that alder just doesn't rot. Right. Or like cedar just won't rot. Or just, you know, these things really hold up over a long time. So they began making those choices based on observation. Just yeah. like Just like you do now, they were doing it then, and they made some... I'm sure they made a few foolish choices, and I'm sure one or two of those fell over into right. the pond. Uh, however, the good choices held up. You keep making good choices, and this past year, Venice actually had a weird opposite problem. Okay. The lagoon got backed up, so Venice began drying out. Oh, yeah. And mm. a lot of the canals no longer had water in them between the islands, and you talk about being an antique, an antique kind of person. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine walking through a canal with a thousand years of Italian history? Oh, yeah. Laying in the bottom of it. Yeah. You know, somebody just dropped a cup of uh, 700 years and ago. And you're finding all this. Yeah. And it's still down there. Right. And you just do to do walking along and. Here's a cup from 800 years ago where it landed because someone dropped it out a window. I, I wanted to mention something too, Alan, because we're sitting there, we're focusing on the building aspect of this. However, what's interesting to me about the history, as all this is, mar you know, if right. we st Venice starts out as a bunch of farmers fleeing and trying right. to just not get slaughtered by these marauders. Okay, well, so they build up this very clever community there. Well... They also then they start uh, becoming actually very, you know they they become a key player in the trade like in spice trades yes. and stuff. Well, also it's really beautiful there. Suddenly they go from this like basically refugee camp to a tourist destination, and suddenly a world powerhouse and visit Venice. It yes. is the ultimate strategic location. In fact, wasn't it a, its own independent nation for a while? And it's just funny how this happens because you keep wondering, well, what's why would you do this? But now it starts to make a lot of sense why they're doing this. And now they're faced, like we said, they're faced with a situation of they have this hugely popular um, location. There's only 55,000 residents. However, they get 8 million tourists a year. Yeah, That's a lot of weight adding <laughs> to these things and pushing down. And so now, Alan, they have to save Venice. They're sort of stuck. Well, yeah. And we have rising sea levels. We have all these problems that now it's it's a big race against time, right? I mean, this is... Well, Venice is a good litmus test for a lot of this because they are very vulnerable because not only is the water a, an integral part of Venice, mm -hmm. they can't do without it. Yeah. Of, But they're honestly, as we would say, they're dead in the middle of it. So if sea levels rise an inch, that's an inch more water in Venice. If it goes up nine inches, if you get a high tide, the streets just flood. And and I was watching videos of this. Alan. It's the weirdest thing. There, okay, the the water was knee deep yes. in the streets, and they're walking around. They're still going to Starbucks. Yeah. They're still doing. They're they buying their care. pastries. They're and I'm like, yeah. 
Okay, I don't know that I can, I'm not that hardcore. I don't you think don't I live can. in Venice. You're not that chilled and groovy. But that seems like it's got its own problems and uh, well, stuff. So it, I mean, but, I don't know. It, well, here's the thing: if you've always had those issues, yeah, they stop becoming issues and they just become conditions. Okay, so that you know the high tide is coming, you know the water is going to go up two feet. Right. Well, you build good enough drainage so that as soon as the tide goes out, all the water goes back out with it. Drain, it's just, okay. It's just part of their system. Okay, and I know we'd be remiss if we didn't mention because I know you know I know some of our uh, listeners out there are going. Well, what about sewage? <laughs> How do you? They apparently have a pretty great system that the the, the water is so salty and everything <laughs> that it, that sewage apparently is one of their. It's not one of their problems. There's 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 a lot of recycling going on. Yes, Let's just yeah, put it that way. Very, happily, they've adjusted to that very well. However, they still have to fix the issue because the city is sinking and the water is coming in. They've got a they've got a a, a solution that they're working on, and uh, we're going to discuss that when we come back. Uh, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Extraordinary events call for extraordinary actions. We form an allegiance sure. to use sudden violence. Okay. Do you have the tools to turn a wooden mop handle into a stake? Which size? News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. I think this is going to become necessary, especially with the mole people contacting yeah, us. Yeah, they're, they're reaching out. Yeah, but Alan, that's the kind of can-do attitude you look for in your employees, <laughs> isn't it? And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. If you're really fast, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989, like some people are doing. Uh, people have feelings about these water... We've discussed a lot, Alan, in our historically mm -hmm. terrible... We discussed water beds, and uh, Robbie said that he can hear the floorboards groaning from here. Oh, so my gosh. Think of that. How much weight? It has to be the same weight as a car up in there. You right. When you're renovating these older homes, yeah. the, the fun part, and I had to explain to some people a couple of years ago what this weird imprint was in the subfloor. Sure. And oh, it was yeah. like, no, this used to be a water bed. Oh, yeah. And he goes like, why is there this big big rectangle in the center of the room? What is that bulge? Yeah, and it's, yeah, it, it's yeah, kind of so. like, all right, guys, that's where the water bed was, and that's where it yeah. leaked, and that's where it stained the floor. Now, yeah. also, if you want to watch the show, you can go to News Talk 98.9, uh, the Roar's Facebook page, and check out the Royal Retreat studio cams. They're on, and they're uh, we're... We're doing the show on, on camera, Max. So. It's probably good that my camera isn't on because I'm sharpening the steak right now. Okay, good. So he's been waiting for five <laughs> minutes to say that. So, And then also after that, go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, give us a like and check out all the posts over there and share share it with friends. You know, get, let them know all about Ooh, Tool absolutely. Talk Radio. So in a minute, Alan, we're going to kind of conclude our discussion because we've been talking in our great moments in building history about Venice, Italy and about why it was constructed, how it was constructed, and how now it is sinking into the ocean and they need to do something to salvage it and and they, they, they're, they're, there's a plan in place so we're going to discuss that in a minute before we do that alan what are you uh what are you up to with uh darkoakmedia.com this week well uh, of course we're going to be filming out at the italian festival this afternoon so if you want to be on tv okay we got a crew loose out there of make sure you're interesting yeah, well, make sure you're not drunk we, okay. well, <laughs> well, then you might be more interesting Although it might than be you more think. Of, yeah so <laughs> excuse me 
Uh, big things going on over there, of course. Uh, the, uh, the Tool Talk Radio podcast is broadcast on YouTube via mm -hmm. Dark Oak Media. And uh, we are just all over the world. Uh, get to give another shout out to our buddies in New Zealand, who apparently we have a uh, a growing population of fans down there. Oh, cool. That's so, fun. Yeah, pop over to tooltalkradio.com, subscribe, give us a like, and uh, follow along, and you can go with us anywhere in the world. Awesome. Okay, uh, Alan, now uh, really quickly, I want to let people know that um, I'm working, you know, I'm I'm pretty much done over there in Midtown. Hey, and Becky, thanks uh, thanks for a great experience. That was a that was a fun job, man. I did so much work over there. A lot of interesting projects. It's that it's an old Midtown home, mm -hmm. but it's time to uh, move along. So, um I, my next the next thing I'm tackling, Alan, is I'm building a laundry room for somebody. Go cool. figure. There's a lot of moving parts. Jay Hill's even going to play a role in that project. But if you've got anything, anything to do with carpentry, that's my that's my game. And I'm very happy to say, Alan, lumber prices are starting to normalize. I, I bought a two by four for four bucks the other day. Yeah, I call good, that a success. It? Yeah. So, yeah, it felt yeah. good. Yeah. So anyway, lumber, it's a great time to build, especially if you have a deck or a patio cover or a pergola or something, especially something interesting for the outside mm -hmm. of your home. I'd love to do it. Um, get in touch with me. You can call me directly at 901-921-7105 or go to my uh, website, thorshomes.com. All right, Alan, before the break, uh, we've been talking about uh, Venice. It's sinking. It's built on swampy, you know, mm -hmm. marshland. They have a pretty good technique for building, but there's only so much weight it can handle. And apparently, right. according to scientists, they said it's sinking at a rate of about a millimeter a year, which doesn't sound like much until you start adding it up and you're like, okay, well, over two or three decades or over well, a century, what is that? When your city is 1,600 years old. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. and it's older material. So they've they've got a system in place, which uh, the acronym is MOSE. Well, so it... There, it's kind of Mo's anyway. Mo, it, here's the Italian version: Modulo Sperimentale Electromeccanico, which is in English Experimental Electro Electromechanical Module. So it doesn't really work if you translate it to English, but it's okay. It's supposed to be based on Moses. I think they were really going for the acronym before yeah. they before they came They're up with the name. Part the water. They want to yeah. part the water, and basically, so if you look at a map of. Uh, of Venice, you'll see that there's almost this kind of like natural jetty or something. That, right. And then there's three openings to this that let water in and let it out. Yes. Well, um, apparently when there's when there's trouble, like th they don't let ships go by there anymore because no. it creates wakes. If the water level starts to rise, they had to come up with a way to combat that. So they came up with these basically underwater um they they rise up. What are they called? They're almost like a door, like a um a door that comes from the bottom of the ocean, and then it and then it comes up and it blocks the water from. Okay. What it, I, I don't know what I'm not describing it very well, Alan. You're not helping me. What it, <laughs> it's a retractable a retractable exactly. system of think of like a Batman movie where the thing pops up out of the floor. Yeah, it almost looks like something out of a James Bond movie exactly. or something. Like the evil villain creates this so it, that it, you can't get through. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the the League of Supervillains was right. hired to build a of. Uh, Secret wall around right. Venice so that they can escalate up and hold out the excess water. Yeah. So, so it's part of the program. Right. Uh, the other program is of uh, they're working with the artesian wells they sunk in the 60s. Oh, that created all sorts of problems. They and, you know, it's like, yeah. great idea, guys, but you weren't thinking 20 years down the line. So there, there are a lot of different 
there's a lot of different moving parts to keep Venice around for another thousand years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a challenge because they say at the rate it's sinking and then the way the sea level is rising, it's a, it really is a race against time. Yes. This this Mohs system or Moses system, if we want to call it that, was uh, started. The plans were started in 1980, but there were all sorts of holdups, and then there was actually a corruption scandal that the money oh, didn't yeah. go where it was supposed to right. go. But, um, you know, so originally they said, well, it's going to be completed in 2011, which it wasn't. It'll be completed right. in 2018. Now the goal is to have it completed by 2025. It's partially there, but it looks really complicated to me, man. It looks there like are a uh, lot of moving parts. Yes. Yeah. So it, but it basically the the idea would it's it's very simple. The it's always the simple ideas that seem to work, but I think they've tested it into a degree. It is working. So it better because it's going to cost like I think seven billion dollars. Yeah, something. it wasn't so, cheap to do this. No. But but, uh, but I I mean what what choice do they have? They've built up this. Uh, I guess it's it's just an interesting whole dynamic where where they basically the history of Venice is really fascinating. They they went from out of necessity fleeing this area right. to now because it's such a money. I mean they don't have to. The city of Venice, if it went away, the people would find a safe place to live. But because it's only fifty five thousand residents, but it's such a worldwide tourist destination and right it, it's an it's an international treasure the biggest thing is a lot of the techniques that they're experimenting with and they're looking at in venice are going to be used in other cities in especially even in the united states sure because we have a lot of cities that are also suffering from sedition and rising water and right off the top of my head i can think of new orleans, new orleans and new york yeah, New Orleans was the first one I think probably everybody's mind went to. Everybody's uh, yeah. kind of like, oh, the water is rising and we need to put the swamps back in and build back up the buffers. And, you know, what are we going to do if? And uh, so there's a lot going on about uh, keeping things at the water level above them. You know what's interesting, Alan? Because I feel like, okay, it still seems to me it's a band-aid solution because you're still fighting nature. You know what I mean? It Correct. seems to me this, this, this project we talked about a few weeks ago in, in Japan, Max, what was it called? The, uh, um, sky mile tower, sky mile tower, where they're like, okay, we're not even going to fight anymore. We're going to actually build in the water. Yes. And we're going to construct with all of this in mind. I feel like it's good. That's going to be the approach going forward is like, look, it's inevitable. We're dealing with this. So mm -hmm. let's build it and use that to our advantage. Cause they're using, the notion of building in water in, in Japan there actually to bolster the space yes. and to make it better. So mm -hmm. I don't know. So very interesting. Uh, we're seeing the old world, you know, colliding with the new. So Well, and we're revisiting of uh, the necessity issue, much like the formation of Venice was out of necessity. We're now 1,600 years later looking at it again and going, Okay, let's get to the root cause analysis. This is right. happening for certain reasons. Now, what are our options? Yeah. What can we do? And with our new technologies, what can we really do that we couldn't have done 1,600 years ago? Sure. Yep, yep. Well, it's pretty interesting. I would strongly recommend if you have YouTube, go over to YouTube and do just researching Venice was fascinating. That, yes. This was one of the more interesting uh uh, great moments in building history I ever uh, researched, and I can't wait to go do more research, Alan. So, all right, Alan, we're getting out of here, but we hope you'll vo you'll come visit us at the uh, Memphis Italian Fest. Alan Indeed. and I will be there the better part of the day, giving away uh, free Tool Talk Radio swag. So, yep. check it out. 
But it's time to go, Alan. Let's scoot out of here. So until next week, uh, well, <laughs> this is Tool Talk Radio. What am I doing? Let's just go home. <laughs>